0: Heels off the top, Larkham,
1: Herbert smashes through the middle, Gregan, drop goal from Larkham, up it
0: goes, could you believe it, Larkham has to be a
2: Welcome to the Green and Gold Rugby Show, we are the show that is getting you over the game line on the hottest topics in Australian rugby. My name's Hugh Cavill. They've let me in the host chair this week. Uh, Reg is uh, away. Uh, Matt is sort of stepping back um, as a more of a sort of a, a club captain, if you will, a spiritual mentor. But he's not leading us on the field tonight. But uh, he is joining us uh, on the panel. Matt Rally, how are you?
0: Mate, I'm great. And this is like a, it's like a coming of age, Hugh. It's good to see, you, mate. It's only. Maybe what I don't know ten years of podcasting or something we've done. Here, <laughs> how,
2: how did I go? Give me, give me. You know, I'm so far so good. I think I think I did okay that that intro.
0: But you did better than I have, so it's brilliant. Well done.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we've also got uh, from the United States uh, Jamie Miller. How are you? Hi
3: hey guys. How are you doing?
2: Uh, pretty pumped up after a, a, an amazing Lions series, and we've got uh, our, our third guest, who's. Going to be joining us for the first couple of questions uh, live from his car somewhere in the UK. Uh, JB, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thanks, boys. To be precise, I'm up in Huddersfield in the UK. I've abandoned oh. two clients. I've told them I've got to take a, uh, a an urgent phone call, um, elderly relative, some, 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 such, some such thing, or medical emergency. So I'm sat here in the car talking to you boys about rugby.
0: <laughs> it's all glamour, Huddersfield, mate. You, you get to the top spots. Oh, absolutely, mate,
1: mate! Uh, Ainley top roundabout.
2: <laughs> well, let, let's let's get stuck into it. We've got our five questions tonight. We've got uh, question one: the draw. Was it the right result or was it a hollow ending? Question two: Did Romaine get it right? Question three: What lessons can the Wallabies take from the Lions series? Question four: Who is now the best Australian side in Super Rugby? And question five, what are you looking for in the final round of Super Rugby? But let's get straight into the Lions game. Uh, It was a very, very memorable 15-all draw to finish the series um, 1-all. And I'll go straight to you, JB. The question is, was the draw, do you think, the right result or, or, or a slightly hollow ending?
1: I don't know. I mean, if you look at the game, it's very hard to say the All Blacks weren't robbed. I mean, right, that is not the right call. I know we're going to go back back to that question later. It simply wasn't wasn't the right call. Now, the draw is a weird one, isn't it? Because at the end, it felt rather hollow. But when we look back at those pictures and you've got the iconic image of Sam Warburton holding aloft of that trophy alongside Kieran Reed, it doesn't get much better than that, really. And then you've got the two squads together. I think on as on even actually probably represented the tour rather well. It wasn't a tremendous final whistle, but it's been a tremendous tour. Uh,
2: Jamie, where, where were you when you were watching this game? And, I mean, I don't know what the time zones, how they work out for you over there. I imagine it was it was at some ungodly hour for you.
3: Yeah, it was. I, I got up at the middle of the night to watch, and uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy for doing so. But, uh, you know, it's a third Lions test. I mean, it, it wasn't even a choice, was it? no. <laughs>
2: Well, of course not. Uh, I was watching in a, in a pub in the rocks, actually, with a, with a lot of people, and, and when the full-time whistle went, there was this sort of weird, bemused silence. I think, um, you know, no one quite, quite knew what was happening, but uh, Jamie, I mean, do you, what, what was your reaction, and, and I mean, do, do you think um, either side can feel, you know, uh, aggrieved or happy with the way it all f- finished up?
3: Um, look, I think a draw was the right result. Um, I think overall the Lions will be very happy with the drawn series and the All Blacks will not. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Lions were able to to sort of suffocate and strangle the All Blacks. I mean, you know, I was, they're talking with some friends before the series and we all agreed that the Lions would probably have to score about three tries at, at a minimum per test to win. Uh, And they scored four across three matches. They didn't need to do that at all. They were just able to really stop the All Blacks from opening the game up. And then on top of that, uh, the All Blacks just weren't their best selves. I mean, they really butchered some pretty elementary chances on the weekend. And really, they did the same in the second test as well. A lot of ball, a lot of ball in the right parts of the field. But they they just cracked under the pressure, to be perfectly honest.
2: Yeah, it, it, was, it was uncharacteristic, that second half. Um, Matt, do, do you think the way the game ended, I mean, there's, there's obviously been a bit of talk around, well, should we have left it a, a, in the draw or should we have pushed on to, a, to an extra time or some sort of golden point scenario? Do you, what, what do you think about that?
0: Well, mate, look, can I just correct you first that it's not uncharacteristic for the Kiwis uh, to absolutely choke uh, like that? It, there's just been a recent blip <laughs> and actually, we're now just getting back to the true form of, of, the, of, of, of the country, which is great to see. Um, but, yeah, should it, I oh, – wow, I mean, what a fizzer of an ending. And actually, I I seemed – I thought I remembered that – but maybe I got this wrong. I thought I remembered it being talked about what would happen if it was a draw it, with the Australian series and that I thought there'd been something agreed. But did I imagine that? Has it just never been the case? If it's a draw, it's a draw. That's just the way it is.
2: I, I think so. I mean, I, look, I was under the impression that, that it would it would keep stay in the hands of who held it last, and that was why I thought, you know, for a number of reasons I still do, thought the decision uh, by the Lions to take the shot at goal in the 77th minute was was a very strange one uh bringing it back though to jb i mean where were you watching it for if you could set the scene for us and i mean how did you how did how did you feel at the end i mean uh points decision aside and i mean do you think that the sort of the extra time i mean i suppose your comments about having the two captains together is is pretty uh pretty valid i thought it was a great moment but uh yeah what was
1: your watching experience well, I was actually up in the Lake District, and I watched it in a river club called Windermere. It was the most scenic, picturesque village club that you could possibly imagine. We even had two police officers come in to watch the game. It was it, it was pretty pretty cool, actually. But um, I, I would just like to go back to what Matt said. I think Matt's spot on. Um, everyone's talking and has talked um, for God knows how long about the skills of the Kiwis, how they do... Ordinary things in, extra- in extraordinary times, uh, skills, skills, skills. I have not seen this during the whole tour. I've seen a, a couple of risky offloads, but you put them, in, put, put them under pressure, they simply aren't the same team. They had, they had three attempts to beat the Lions. They only managed it once. And the provincial teams, I, I thought they would wipe the floor with the Lions, well, no such luck. So I think, there's been, I think one thing this tour has done is it's, it's been an absolute massacre of sacred cows. And, you know, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, but let, I mean, let's not paint the Lions tour as a
2: massive success, though, JB. I think it was a 50% win ratio. It wasn't like you guys came away with the
1: scalps of so many Kiwis. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing about the Lions. Um, it is an amateur tour. I mean, when you get to know the details, you realise how fiendishly hard it is to gel this side into anything like a workable side. I mean, for instance, just ask, just ask our mate uh, Ben Darwin. Uh, you know, they are thrown together and their opposition is statistically one of the best, not just rugby teams, but international sports teams of all time. So come away as their equals. I'll take that.
2: Yeah, oh, mm. I, yeah. I, I think that's 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 true, and uh, I certainly think as an Australian rugby fan, we take one all in a in a as like three game series. I think uh, we'll take that uh, most days. But um, Matt, say all all. Look uh,
1: I really fear for you boys going forward.
2: <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll regardless of the on the, the, the series, we were pretty screwed. But uh, it seems. Yeah, uh, I think we're getting onto that in
0: question three, right? I mean, yeah. I think um, the the one thing it did say definitely about that is that it's just there's a lot of great rugby players up there in the northern hemisphere you just looked across that team and um, they were just excellent in all their positions and on top of that brilliantly coached by was it you know was it two Kiwis um, and, uh, and an Aussie so
1: well yes I mean I, I will I will just correct that slightly uh, okay. Warren Gatlin um, I mean his his little ding dong with Steve Hansen as to who, who becomes the next um, All Blacks coach is fas- fascinating but I think what the credits Warren Gatland really come um um is really warranted when you consider it's actually Andy Farrell. I mean, I think Andy Farrell was the main instigator of getting the Lions over the line to the draw. It's his defence, and if he's not offered a director of rugby ship somewhere soon. I'd be very, mm. very surprised.
0: Yeah, how about the Waratahs? <laughs> <laughs> you, uh,
1: I'm not enough, mate.
3: I must say, look, I think, you know, this tour does reflect very nicely on Gatland, but I have no idea where this chat is coming out about him being the next all-black coach. It seems to be coming out of Britain. It's not coming out of New Zealand. I would be extremely surprised if he becomes the next all-black coach or the one after that or the one after that. I just don't see it happening at all.
1: No. But I mean not to disagree too much with you, but what is the all blacks pathway? I mean they, they do talk about, yeah, we, we do the things through the regions and this and the other, but the last two coaches have come from from overseas, so they 've done their little stints in um, in the franchises or regions or what provinces or whatever they're called. They go overseas, they do a little stint there, usually re- usually relatively unsuccessfully, and they come back and, they co- and, and, and then they coach the All blacks. one that oh. fits us wrong. Well? Except he's just too successful overseas, and I think that's where he's going to probably stumble, because and for whatever reason it is, he's not a popular guy. But he does fit the mould, and he does fit the exact same route as everyone else. Wayne Smith was at um, North, uh, Northampton. Uh, both, the, both the other lads, Henry and Hampton, were at uh, Wales. So it kind of stacks up. Yeah, but I think there's a
3: difference between doing a stint in Europe and having done the bulk of your, you know, highlight professional before, career over there, yeah, which Warren before, has. Um cause like Yeah, and I think guys like Dave Rennie and those sorts of guys who have, you know, just deep roots of achievement in the New Zealand game, they've got a huge leg up. The way New Zealanders think about rugby, they'll always prioritise those types of achievements. And, you know, I... I, I was just very surprised to hear this media chatter about Gatlin. It just seemed a lot of empty sources, and I was just really puzzled where it was coming from. But, yeah.
1: yeah and I, I, I think, I, I do think you're right, actually. But I would also say, is it, uh, isn't it a bit weird that Dave Rayning has, has had to go overseas, that Jamie Joseph is overseas, that Tony Brown is, Brown has gone too? I mean, it does seem like the tried and tested route, but I think you're right. I, I you know, Gatlin doesn't seem like the natural fit. But if it did come up, I'm sure it'd be considered.
0: Well, I think you're right, that JB, that you're going to have to have an international stint in there somewhere. And hey, if it was, you know, cutting your teeth in somebody else's national team, no bad thing. But I think my sense is that they've got so kind of insular there now that you have to have been like an assistant coach in the All black setup, like you know, handsome mm. as he was last time, right? And that how else do you get a top flight coach as your assistant coach if you're not on a promise? Um, and so, anyway, that's my sense is that I think your, I think your path that you, you sketched out there was right. It's just that they're not going to drop in straight after. And would Gatlin go and be an assistant coach for a, a few years underneath Hanson? If he would, then he might have a shot. But anyway, I'm bringing
1: the, Rob Howley with him. Hilariously. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, okay, let's 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 bring it back to the game uh, quickly yeah. before we do get to question two, Matt. I'll throw it to you as to we've had all of our watching experiences. Um, what what was your watching experience? Talk us through it.
0: Well, I've got to say that the um, the Lions test got a bit overshadowed because I was uh, uh, you know I was in a corporate box at the Waratahs and we were we were all waiting for the main event to start um, <laughs> because obviously you know, yeah the Waratahs um, showing the Hags how you know just how how you play rugby. Well, um, <laughs> so yeah, we were all there, and it was quite clear what the main event of the night was. I must say, in in all the truth and. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was watching the Lions, and then we had the Waratahs. Oh my god!
2: Um, yeah, just drop in there again, Matt. That uh, you are once again in the corporate box, and I'm I'm look glad that uh, me and Reg both got the invites. So I obviously it must have been lost in the mail. But um, we'll move on from that um, and get to question two. And I think we you know we've got probably more meat on the bone on, on that test because I think a lot went down. And we'll start with with that fateful Roman point decision in the 78th minute to award a penalty, and then a change to a scrum. Uh, which is the question: Is did he get it right? Now, I um, put an article on the blog up on Sunday on this topic, and it's um, you know it got a pretty interesting response. Got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of discussion and, and uh, a lot of shares online, and I put that down to the, you know, really good writing style and the, you know, sort of engaging way in which I wrote the article. But also, you mean the, you mean
0: the clickbait? He- you mean the clickbait headline? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I can't confirm or deny that. But the, uh, <laughs> my, the crux of my argument, I'll lead off, and I think JB's already flagged. He might be disagreeing, but I actually think Roman got it right. I, I think he was he was faced with a a fifty-fifty, um, in which case you know you could make a case either way, uh, whether uh, Ken Owens was was really uh, knowing what he was doing when he caught that ball, or whether he was just uh, it was sort of thrust into his path and he couldn't get out of the way of it. Um, and certainly the the process that Roman Point um, used was was unconventional at best and sort of uh, downright incompetent at worst. And it's a really fascinating uh, couple of minutes of footage. I encourage anyone that hasn't read it to get onto. Uh, green and gold rugby and, and have a read. But, um, Jamie, I'll throw it at you before we go to JB because um, obviously, you being a referee and having that background, uh, you're best placed uh, t- to answer this. Uh, did, did Romain get it right, and, and do you think that was the, uh, the appropriate way of uh, coming to that decision?
3: Well, to the second one, the process was a mess. So let's just put that to one side. Um, but I think as regards the decision, either decision would have been correct, Um, The law is unclear. Um, The law talks about, you know, could the player have avoided touching the ball? In this case, I think Owens couldn't have. The ball just sort of came straight at him. But, you know, whatever. Um, But that's not the way the law is usually applied. The way the law is applied is did the player intend to touch it? And here, you know, even if just for a split second he does grab the ball, so he does intentionally touch it, there's the difference between the ball hitting him in the head and him catching it. It's clearly him catching it. But there isn't any clarity. The way the law's written, the way the law applied, they mean two different things. And that was the exact example at the exact worst time of showing the distance between those two things. So I think uh, either of the decisions could have had a good case made for them. And that's why people are uh, are talking about it so
0: much.
2: Well, that's right. I mean, the discussion has really been divided. I think there's, there's some interesting sort of uh, – just debate on both sides, and I suppose my argument was fundamentally that if you're faced with a 50-50, and I can acknowledge both sides have a lot of merit, then I think a good referee probably sides with the the, the option that's not a penalty, and and the one that lets the players sort of fight it out, as opposed to uh, giving Bowdoin Barrett a shot at goal, and you know, literally I mean, it's putting it bluntly, as I said, it's it's the biggest refereeing decision of the decade, because a line series rests in the hands of Roman Point at that moment, you know, he blows that penalty, Barrett likely kicks the goal, even though he's missed a few from in front, uh, and the All Blacks win, I mean, that's the All Blacks win not only the match, but the series as well, I mean, you couldn't script it uh, any any worse uh, as, as it happened, and I think in... in Blowing a scrum and letting the players fight the game out—I think it, it, you know, it didn't. It, it was unsatisfying to a lot of people, but I think it, it was fundamentally the, the best that he could have done in that scenario. But JB, I think you're
1: you're of the opinion that it was probably a penalty. Am I right? I hate to be boring, boys, but I kind of agree with everything you're saying. Um, Jamie's completely right about the grey area. Um, the the only the only issue I have with it, really is that we have seen similar things and the precedent has has been set. And if you showed most referees that on a one-off and you take it outside of that scenario, you'd probably say penalty. Um, so I, on the one hand, I do feel for the, all, for the All Blacks because you know nine out of 10, no. 10 times, it, it, it just is a pen. And you can't really factor in the, you know, the, the size of the match or the pressure. You just can't. It's not fair. That's, you know, that's why we play sport. On the other hand... The All Blacks had plenty of time, plenty of chances to win this game, but they couldn't handle um, Julian Surveyor threw the ball away. You know they had that for, they had that forward pass for the for the Surveyor try. Um, you know, so they shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. So for that reason, as much as I sympathise with the decision being ra- been wrong, I have no no sympathy whatsoever towards the All Blacks because, of course, they. You know, they shouldn't have been in that position anyway. Um, and can I yeah. just add I mean, can one other thing? Just
0: because really... had... well, no, it was on that point. Can I just say, how delicious is it? Because especially as Aussies, we get this probably more than others, is that, you know, whenever we get some absolutely outrageously, you know, pro all black, you know, referee decisions, like you get time and time again, and like, you know, whether it was, you know, remember that thing, was it last year? Dane Henry
3: Spate, justice for Henry Spate.
0: Yeah. Or Dane Hale at Petty. Yeah. With that try being disallowed, you know, last, you know, all those things that happen. And what do we get every time we get? Yeah. Sorry, guys, you should just be good enough. So you take a referee out of the game, right? You should yeah. be just good enough, take the referee out of the game. And that's what the All Blacks use time for. And, and their supporters use time in and time out. It's, it's, it's amazing how that, ex, that, that, Epithet kind of disappears when the when the boots on the other foot um, with New Zealand. So I, I'm having a, I'm a good little chuckle about that one, I must say. Can
1: yeah, I can yeah. I just build build uh, on that point? My my favourite part of the whole match, by far, was the because. Do you know you do get a lot of all-black nonsense shoved, shoved down your throat? Aren't they classy people? Aren't they wonderful human beings? They try send not only rugby, but they but they also are at the height of morals, too. Well, <laughs> we've got this thing with um, uh, with Kieran Reid, and he's doing the nice sporting thing. He some some Warburton on the arse, and he goes, uh, well, mate, that's rugby, hey? Chuckle, chuckle. And then <laughs> the referee turns around and says scrum, and he goes, what? Hang on, mate, what? Hang on. I just thought it was brilliant. Just like, just the way, like for a small split second, the mask slipped.
0: <laughs> no, it did indeed. He just, he, he could see it all kind of disappearing. But I, I stopped it. you. You're going to say, you going to make a second point.
2: Well, well, so, look, I'll, I'll I'll cut in. I'll cut in here and 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 go. You know, I think looking at looking at that game and those last sort of 15 minutes, it was a really bizarre. Bizarre series of events that led to it. And, look, I thought the All Blacks were actually getting on top. And, and you know, with, with the game in the balance, I thought Bowden Barrett stepped up with his kicking game, just plugging the corners, getting the Lions back in their own half, back in their own 22. I thought they had it. You know, three-point lead, it was all good. And then, of course, the, the Lions somehow get into the All Black half, and White Crockett gives away a, you know, what was a, 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 I think it was Webb, the halfback, Reese Webb, you know, did the old classic halfback play of running, you know, doing the thing that Aaron Smith does all the time and Will Genier and Phipps do as well. Is that, you know, Oh, I've tripped on this player. That's not rolled away. Whereas Crockett should have rolled. Let's, you know, he's, he's somehow managed to get to a hundred tests or something close to it with just lack of any contribution on the field at all. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, somehow the uh, um, point blows the penalty, which is probably fair enough in that instance. I mean, at, at with three minutes to go, it was the 77th minute. At 15-12 at uh, down, Jamie, do you take the points? I mean, I suppose the the proof is in the pudding, and and you know that it's the draw, and they they got up on the podium in the end of the day. But I don't know. A part of me felt like when when Farrell pointed to the posts and Warburton pointed to the posts, uh, you know the air went out of me a little bit, and I, I really hoped that the Lions would have a crack.
3: Well, it was, it was so British, wasn't it? I mean, I think if you're in that scenario, this and this is truly a hypothetical, but it's one all against the All Blacks with the Wallabies, and you're down by three with three minutes to play, a drawn series doesn't really get you anywhere. You, you, the Australian player goes for the corner, we go for the line out, and we probably stuff it up royally um but i was i wasn't surprised that the lions with their rugby culture did go for the points and look i mean you know it was 42 meters out more or less in front so you know why not um but it did show a bit of a lack of ambition and a a bit of a lack of a feeling that they could actually win the series which they could have you know they they were in a position to do that so i guess that was a bit disappointing but you know so be it
2: JB, you, you, your race has been accused of some pretty, uh, pretty interesting things. There, uh, any
1: response? <laughs> no, he's, he's probably right. Uh, I, I mean, just getting in the game, I think. Uh, the more I think about, about it, the more I think um, of uh, Chris, Chris Robshaw in, in, in the World Cup, who decided to go for the corner. That's yeah. not exactly the same option, but you know, you learn, and if. It, you know, if you're drawing, you're not losing. Uh, it isn't the most inspired option, but you just don't know what what would, um, what would happen next. So I'm I'm perf- I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with fine with with the result too. And actually, the lions in the air were very good in the line-out. On the ground, they've not been so good. So their driving more hasn't been as f- formidable as everyone expect um, expected expected it to be. So uh, yeah, probably the right decision.
2: I, I thought it was a weird one. I think if it was the seventy-fifth minute, you, you know, even two minutes earlier, you could justify it and go, "Well, let's take the points," and then we've got you know three or four minutes to to get down the other end and either draw a penalty or or um, score a try or or kick a droppy. And I think with with two minutes to go when you kick when the All kicked off there, you think, "Geez," but, but then anyway. So then we have the point saga. And then we have a scrum, a scrum where the All Blacks seem to keep pushing, and the scrum wheels, TJ Perenara has got his, you know, is completely focused on the referee and not the ball, and the ball somehow spills out the side, and the Lions come away with it, and then you know, looking like the 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 lines open for them, and then somehow drop the ball. I mean, Matt, what what were your thoughts in those last sort of? I mean, obviously. Um, you know, between canapes and and the champagne was flowing pretty freely in the box, the president's box. But I mean, did you get a chance to even have a look at a screen and, and see what you think in those those times?
0: Oh yeah, I mean it was it was brilliant stuff, right? I mean, actually, we we did unfortunately have um, the uh, you know, I think it was the Waratahs or um, the uh, Waratahs CEO or somebody kind of yapping on in the background. Um, in the in the Chairman's Lounge there, actually, huge, just to correct you. Um, and so whilst everyone was riveted to these screens just trying to watch it, um, look, I, I tend to think uh, – I think the lines were right in that the distance that they had there. I think you could take those three and then you give yourself a chance to – because to be honest, if you've only scored by penalties the whole match and, as we know, you haven't scored that many tries – the whole time over, what are you might most likely to do, I think you'd have to say that's probably the right call actually in true proper test match rugby, but i don't disagree with what Jamie said about what our attitude probably would have been in that case. the one thing i've got just on this I guess we're just finishing on this question is just um, with Romaine though and with how he' inexplicably flipped from a penalty to a scrum, has anyone got I mean, is, has anyone even got a um, like a conspiracy theory that even explains what happened in the middle there? I heard somebody say him saying something like, um, we've got a deal. So, I mean, did he actually – was he pretty much just verbalizing what you've talked about, Hugh, that he just said, look, I'm not deciding this no matter what?
2: Well, the conspiracy theory, and it's I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory as such, but the, the thing that's come out that – is not on the video that I posted. Um, is in the in the sort of 20 or so seconds where he walks back to the mark between finishing his conversation with uh, Aube. The word is that Garces, says the other TM, the other touchy, is in his ear that time, and he's just listening. Um, and I think Garces says then basically comes in with his theory that it, it's accidental offside, and this is what prompts him to change the decision. So. Uh-huh. I, I am um, Jamie. I'm not sure if you've heard anything along those lines, um, but that's that's the thing that I've read on the internet today, and of course, the internet's generally correct um, mm-hmm. uh, on all matters. But it, it's it's um yeah, the we have a deal thing was bizarre. Um, that was a very very strange choice of words. The whole thing is, is 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 just bizarre. And to be honest, I mean, I think if if he blows a penalty in that in that moment, uh, we get the same sort of uh, howling protestations but it's coming from the north it's not coming from the all blacks i think i think this there's it's still a saga it's still something to debate and point becomes the referee that gave a Lions series to the all blacks regardless of how accurate the decision may or may not have been and god i mean we saw what happened to Joubert, you know and this is a different situation um but still i think that had to been going through his mind Um, let's, let's move on. We've, we've unfortunately had to say goodbye to JB. I think he's been called back into his, uh, the, uh, elderly residents of Huddersfield have, have gestured and he's had to come back inside uh, their house. So, um, we'll, we'll we'll (laughs) say goodbye to him and, and thank him for his contributions throughout the Lions series. And, um, I think we'll look forward to chatting to him in another 12 years. Um, the third question, bring it home because of course, um, after such a titanic series of two major teams going at it, the the, the one thing that that uh, we're all thinking is uh, how the hell are the Wallabies going to compete with uh, the All Blacks? So I suppose that's that's question three. I'll start with you, Jamie. Any any key lessons that the Wallabies can take out of, out of that third test and out of the series generally?
3: Oh, just how far behind we are. Just just how much we suck, basically. Um... <laughs> I mean, look, (laughs) look, I mean, if we're sitting here in a pre Bledisloe podcast, Matt Rowley is he always says, you know, if you're going to beat the All Blacks, you've got to beat them up front. You've got to bash them. You've got to stop them getting that quick ball moving forward. And that's what the Lions did in that second and third test. And there were lots of things that helped them do that. The weather helped them do that. Um, the All Blacks chopping and changing their team due to injuries helped them do that. And then the All Blacks just had a, a lot of off days in attack. But at the end of the day, the Lions' rush defense and their ability to make dominant hits made a big difference in the way the series played out. And um, I think that's most concerning at all because we don't have either of those types of defense. We don't have either a defense that can contain and, and stem the flow of points or at the moment, a defence that can go up and be dominant. We're, we're just in that terrible middle where we're doing neither of those things. Um, and this is probably the point where we talk about the Waratahs letting in 40 points in a match for the sixth time this season and how their coach is the Wallabies' defence coach. But, you know, that's what we learnt from the series. We learn about how effective defence and smart tactical play, good box kicking can be, and we can't do any of those things.
2: Good yeah. to know. That's uh, that's certainly. Uh, I just I just wanted yeah. to
3: bring a bit of you know a bit of light and optimism into the podcast, you know. Of yeah.
0: course. well,
3: we haven't well, I mean, really I basically...
2: been a, a burst of sunshine in 2017, haven't we, Matt? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what are your what what, what are learnings, Matt?
0: Mate, well, I would almost say ditto underneath that because it's like yes, we've learned a hell of a lot. You they beat the Lions basically out you know outlined how you beat the All Blacks. They showed it. There it was. Um, You can go and do it. And in fact, you know, considering they're a mishmash of, you know, four different, you know, national teams, and even national teams have problems kind of gelling, getting, you know, enough time together, they show that you can do it against this side that apparently is kind of invincible and you can suddenly make them look at times a little bit average and whatever else. But it's going to take some superhuman effort and, uh, and ability in, in all the places as exactly as Jamie just said we exhibit none of at the moment um, and we haven't for our whole season and we didn't even do against Scotland probably not even against actually probably not even against Ireland uh, uh, Italy or, or Fiji so yeah, you just got to, and, and we haven't even done in one of our super teams, I'd say. Maybe, oh, has the Brumbies, have they even, I, you know, I don't even think they've been that convincing at times. We'll, we'll come on to another com- uh, point four in a minute. So, look, yeah, I mean, it, it totally outlined, you know, how you beat those guys. And um, I think, you know, Jamie was obviously referring to somebody who really knows what they're talking about um, when he was uh, talking about what that kind of, you know, kind of looks like. Um, I just, also, just think of just how good this, a lot of the skills were from those guys in the Lions team as well. Um, and you, you talk about, you know, when we were watching the Brumbies and the Reds fumble their way through a little bit of light fog and some dew in Queensland, and then you think of what they did in the second test when it was pissing down sideways – um, and they still managed to hold onto the ball, and the Lions still scored two tries, and you know they turned it into one hell of a, a tussle. But you know there was dropping a lot less balls than, than they were than the you know than the Brumbies and the Reds were. And you just you just SMdh. You just kind of like ah, oh, you know we're in for a long, long ride. Um, so anyway, it's all there, but it uses all the tactics and all the thinking that checkers teams currently don't use. So. <laughs> It's, it's a worry, but Hugh, I think, if there's any man to turn this conversation around and yeah. just, ch- it's it's you. Come on, mate, the boundless oh. optimism. Talk us through it.
2: Well, look, I, I'm going to come up with a, I mean, an opinion I think is slightly contrary to what a lot of people suggest um, about the third lines test, in that the second half was it very good, and I think I don't think it was. I think we tend to lionise, so to speak, both of those sides and the way they've played. And certainly there's been some good rugby on display. But I posit that in that last half, especially that last 20 minutes, both sides bottled it. Both sides had chances and just dropped pill after pill. And we ended up going from one scrum to another. And, you know, it, it was... I don't think it was a fantastic display of rugby. Now, that's slightly against what other people have been saying, that that test was, you know, the the very best of the best. And and I see in in some ways that it was admirable, the physicality on display and the commitment. But actually, in terms of the skill execution, it it reminded me a little bit of of Australian Super Rugby sides. Um, Look, the All Blacks are obviously going to be very, very tough to beat, almost impossible, and, 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 you know, the Wallabies are very unlikely to do it. But I think they can. Um, if it all goes right for them on the day, and, and I think that if they can match the forward pack, weirdly enough, the, the area where the Lions bested the All-Blacks was, was in the outside backs. In some, you know, we saw Watson and Daly, who both had incredibly good series, and, and Liam Williams as well. Jonathan Davis um, was, was probably the, the outstanding back of the whole ser- series on both sides. Um, he was, yeah, and um, and we saw the All Blacks, you know, really struggle. Julian Savia dropping a few balls, um, you know, La Marpi uh, was was good on debut, but they've struggled in that, in, in some of those, you know, uh, the 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 turnstiles of of backs that they've cycled through in this series. Geordie Barrett started well. Um, and I'm always impressed by Anton Lennart-Brown, but look, there, there's some weaknesses there that the Wallabies can hit, and if we've got Falau and um, Kurindrani and, and um, you know, a guy like Dana hallett Petty, we might just be able to exploit some of them. So the key is getting parity in that forward pack, and I think Brody Ritalik was a all-series, and, and he was my man of the series. But, you know, that, that's the sort of always been the way with the All-Bucks. If we can match them in the forwards... And really muscle up, then then you know we can we can compete, but uh, that's obviously the big the big question mark, and I'm not sure we can do it. But um... can yeah, I, I mean... just add a,
3: an additional question? You know, I mean, this this hasn't gone as intended for the All Blacks. They're meant to win three nil. I'm just wondering who's going to carry the can for them, either on the playing or coaching level. And what you guys think? I mean, you know, previous times 2003, 2007, some players have never played for the All Blacks ever again. Um, and I was just wondering who you think is going to be the unlucky guy who gets singled out and and hung drawn and quartered for this?
0: You're right. They always have a they always have a fall guy. But wouldn't you have to be pointing at SBW? Yeah, yeah. He, and he and he, he copped a bit of flack. He even got commented on, right? As far as people said, yeah, that was what lost it. That's what lost the second test.
3: Well, that so, was the turning point of the whole series, the whole tour. That moment was the turning point.
0: Yeah.
2: It, yeah, so it, it has that, to be him, doesn't it? I mean, you, you could look at some of the debutants that they've thrown in there, but you can't see Lao Marpy or or Barrett, Jordy Barrett, sort of um, never pulling on the shirt again. They're both really good prospects. So I, I don't know. I mean, I uh, the forward pack was was singularly outstanding through the whole series. I don't think you could find one weak link in that. So then you're looking to the backs, and I mean, I don't know. It's it's certainly not in the coaching staff. I think um, certainly I'd be th- I think New Zealand Customs um, officials will be thinking twice before letting any more French referees in the country. But uh, that's that's probably about it.
0: Yeah, they're going to put him on the Rainbow Warrior. Look, the 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 one that um, I thought was yeah you know you got to, you're talking about the Barrett brothers. Um, so but Bowden, I mean, geez, he missed a few pretty critical kicks and some of them pretty bloody easy. I mean, and, and I've you've seen him do it before, right? He can be a really streaky kicker.
2: Oh, he's not and, a good kicker. He's, he's flat out not a good kicker. You know, in, yeah, in, in these and, days, his percentages are low, he's erratic, He's and he's never been able to quite get there.
0: And so I think, as, you know, is this going to be one of these crosses that every now and again the All Blacks bear? Uh, well, well, I guess we all do, right? Is that there's, you know, very few complete players, but... Um, you know, you know, like like a Carlos Spencer, um, where you end up going, My God, this kid's got every single skill in the book, but you know, he can't be our ten because you know, if we end up playing and he's, he's not gonna have to worry about it against us because you know, him missing a few kicks isn't gonna matter. But um, you know, again against like especially Northern Hemisphere if they can slow them down and get him to within a few a few goals, he's you know, he's gonna lose them tests. And I think surely his card's been marked for that. I'm not saying that he's jettisoned um, at this point, but I would have thought that would have been very much a card marked of, hang on a minute here, this isn't this kid hasn't got everything.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And it's not as though the All Blacks don't have some really, really good goal kickers that they could have picked. Um, Wang has a really good one at 10, but um, both Geordie Barrett and Damien McKenzie have extremely high percentages um, in super rugby. So, you know, maybe if Bowden's playing at 10 but not kicking, but you're definitely right to say he's a streaky kicker. The numbers show he's, he's – streaky is exactly the word there. Um, and, yeah, look, I think he will carry the can a little bit for those losses too. So.
0: And I, I also think I, one of the things that they must be shaking their heads about the All Blacks was just the way their forwards got manhandled around the ruck. Um it just hasn't happened, um, and don't get me wrong, it didn't happen every minute of every game. But especially in the first halves, um, you know, the, you'd see them come around the corner and they just get stopped dead. And I just don't think we've seen that. And um, you know, like you know, Whitelock, even Retallic, um, Reed. I mean, Reed sometimes got smashed backwards. I mean, when have you seen that? Um, And, you know, that really was the beginning of – that's when the All Blacks knew they were in for long nights and it was going to be really, really tough. So I would have – you know, I'd think they'd be having a bit of a head shake over that one because they can't have that going on. Um, And that might even, you know, cause a few questions around some of the non-core ball carriers there. Um, Anyway, it'd be an interesting one uh, to see.
2: Yeah, well, look – We've now got the entree out of the way. You know that's that's A lot of people probably would have fast-forwarded over this to get to the main course, which is, of course, Super Rugby and the Australian Conference, which is the talk of the town after a scintillating weekend which involved uh, the Reds and Brumbies uh, fighting out something, which I think the Reds just got over the line in the end. The Force and the Rebels playing out an entertaining fixture um, out west where the Force got the chocolates and, of course the Haguares um, finding some form against the Waratahs. And uh, wasn't that a uh, an absolute belter? So, um, and I say that, uh, in, of course, with my uh, sarcasm, that it turned right up to 11.
3: Now, let's get
2: to question four, which is, who is the best side in Australian Super Rugby? Jamie, your thoughts.
3: Oh... Do I have to pick one that's the best?
2: No, you don't. <laughs> and that is the correct answer. <laughs> that, that the, one is. the one that's the least shit. Yeah. Um... The one
3: that's the least shit. Okay. Well, the one that's the least shit against any team is the Brumbies. Um, you know, they've got a couple of different things they can do. They've won the conference. The team that's the best relative to resources, which, you know, is the measure of good coaching, is the force. Um, and the team that is the worst on both of those counts, I think, No, no, no. the Rebels are pretty bad. Um, This is just, I mean, you know, it's an honour just to be nominated for this competition, really. Um, Look, the Tars, I mean, there's just nothing good about what they're doing at the moment. They look terrible on the field. Their defensive line is not a defensive line. Their attacking structure is just a, a series of guys standing behind the ball. They look like a club team. And this is guys who are experienced, who are the cream of the cream, who are wallabies. Like, it's not on the players. You know, they're not the ones who are standing in these ridiculous formations behind the rock. This is coaching. And I I just cannot believe that they've renewed the coaching t- staff for next year. Like, I mean, that suggests two things. It suggests that the New South Wales Rugby Union, the Waratahs organization, think, one, that what's going on at the moment is okay. And what's going on at the moment is 12 wins out of 29 under Gibson, 12 out of 29. That's less than half. And the second thing that they're saying is that, oh no, this setup's got potential. It's going to get better. There's just no evidence for that. And I'd love to see where that evidence is. It just doesn't look like this is a system and a setup that can go on and become, you know, a really strong team. There's not a lot of evidence on that from what you watch on the field. What instead you see on the field is just complete chaos and complete ineptitude and just a lack of basic organization in attack and defense. And it it is so frustrating to see how many resources they have versus what some of the other teams in the competition have and what the Waratahs are doing with it. They are really pissing it up against the wall.
2: It, it was pretty depressing, wasn't it, Matt? I mean, obviously, um, you would have been well into your third bottle of um, Bollinger at that point, but... I'm not sure you would really have a, a, a clear view of the game, but uh, it, it's, uh, it, you know, and actually the, the joke I saw on Twitter was um, it, it, at that that round was actually uh, it was actually family night at the Waratahs. That I think it was family round or family night, which meant that the the only people there were the players' families um, in, in attendance. <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny. But look. Taking it away from the negative of the Waratahs, because we can get back to that a little bit in question five, Matt. Um, talking the the positive, do you think the Brumbies do have any chance in these finals? I mean, do you think they can get something together?
0: Uh, no, I think they pretty much ended with those injuries. So with two are gone, and also Allcock. So and both, Godwin. I believe. Oh, Godwin as well. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, like not like those guys were all. You'd say that they're crucial players of most teams, but. I think it probably shows the level of where the Aussie rugby teams are is that those guys out i think it's going to make it very very t- i mean it's going to be almost impossible for the brumbies to kind of match up with anybody outside of our conference as we've kind of seen um, this year um although well, you know that's a bit unfair on the brumbies I think they've taken they've taken um some some uh, external scalps um didn't they did they take a couple of wins on their trips to South Africa um oh, yeah they did yeah. Uh, so look, you know, we, we know they can they can win overseas. It is possible, but I think yeah, just missing a bit of that cattle now is going to make it really really tough. And of course, no one told them they needed to be fit. Um, so you know, obviously they haven't done that this year like with the rest of the Australian squads. Um, look, I, I'm just gobsmacked. It's it's hard to get out of just you know. Uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm dragging us back to the Tars now. Because I, I, I just don't know how anyone looks at their defensive record and says that isn't a massive, massive, massive problem, especially with the guy who's now just just confirmed as the ongoing Wallabies defense coach um, and how we say that's okay. In the meantime, I believe um, Daryl Gibson said, don't worry, guys, I'll take care of defense now too. So So, you know, if, if Daryl's having enough trouble trying to lead the whole place in, you know, as a sort of head coach, he's now going to take over defence as well. So,
2: well, and, and the stated reason why he's doing that is cost cutting. They don't have enough money to afford another coach. So, I mean, that's uh, that's just, and they've outright said it. it. Hasn't even been, oh, a strategic realignment of our priorities, you know, all of this sort of stuff. No, it's we don't have enough money to pay for a coach. So I will oh do my it myself. God. So he'll probably be out oh, running the yeah. water there too next year. You know, he'll answering the phones. It, it'll be great. And they're they're looking at uh, moving out of Moore Park and moving out hopefully to Narrabeen, which I think is actually a sensible move. But um,
0: uh, yeah. Wow, looks like they're doing a lot there. That looks to me like because if I read between the lines, I think the game at the moment is the ARU trying to get hold of everyone's license, and so um, so that they can centralise. And so this will be, you know, we'd rather cut off our nose to spite our faces than, um, you know, anything like that happen. Someone will probably kind of now write in and tell me how wrong I can be about that. But I know that this is kind of like, if you talk to Bill Pulver, he'll say, I've tried three times to reorganize this lot. So you can all look at me and say that this is a complete disaster. But every time I try and get this, this whole thing into any shape where we can affect it, then it, you know, it never happens. So. You know, and the only way you can do this is, you know, and the only really w- way they can get their license back is by people going bust, as we saw uh, with the others. So, and happily, that's been ha- that's
2: been happening across the the, the thing. But well, anyway, well, speaking of Bill Pulver, the the team that he must be infuriated watching, he would have probably gone through a few different TVs watching these guys is the Force because they just keep winning. And
1: I don't know how. I
2: remember sitting on this very podcast. It must have been two months ago. And and um, you can mark this down because it's the first time I've actually, I've, uh, in those 10 years of podcasting, Matt, first time I've made a mistake, and I said the force would come last in Super Rugby. Um, and they would come last in the Aussie Conference. And, I mean, how wrong have I been? I mean, they've, they're, they're now sitting in second place. And they should beat the Waratahs this weekend. You Or you would certainly back them to do so. The Waratahs are at rock bottom and the force are, are, you know, you've got their usual team of well-coached scrappers and and they're somehow continuing to win. Normally they've fallen off with injuries and replacements and they have had those injuries and they need those replacements, but the players that they pull up are consistently performing, which is, you know, really something to see and it's going to be a... um, you know, make Bill Pulver's life a whole lot tougher because again, the news coming out today that the only Australian Super Rugby team where crowds have risen this year is the Western Force. They've had a bump <laughs> of about a thousand people in their average crowd. So it's all uh, okay. it's all coming up Pulver, and he and they're the ones that, that he wants to to uh, to put out to pasture. So fantastic cool. work there by by the Western Force, and well done to uh, Big Dave Vessels, who I know listens to the podcast eagerly. Uh, Dave, uh, you, you're doing a bang-up job, mate, and um, love your work.
3: Well, I mean, <laughs> we've talked about this, like, before on the pod, and hello to Dave, friend of the pod, but just everything that the Force do is so purposeful and, and makes sense, you know, and I actually really enjoy watching them for that reason because everything the Waratahs are doing does not make sense. And on the weekend, they got a yellow card, they were down to 14, and they had a sort of a, you know, a set piece about 35 out, line out, and, you know, you're down to 14. So if you do a backs move, you run the risk of getting isolated. You're hardly likely to create space out on the wing. That's probably not going to happen. So they decide to run a set piece that targets the 10 channel, and it's just a really simple but really nicely executed sort of pop-out, more play. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Ripper, who is Hardwick, runs out into the 10 channel and turns it back on the inside for the 9. And not only does he do that, and the nine, uh, Ruru, of course, runs straight through, but then there's a support runner as well, and Billy Meeks goes over untouched. And it was just the sort of sensible thing that, you know, it's just a sensible call. Like, was that guy going to go through? No, he wasn't. But at least they put themselves in a position to actually score points with 14 players, you know? And that's the sort of thing that you see every week from the force is just Mm. making a smart and credible choice in their coaching, you know, it makes a big
2: difference. Oh, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see. And I certainly think the, uh, the frenzy, if the force do get cut, which of course we hope they don't hear to see who can get Dave Vessel's signature on a piece of paper first, because he can uh, pretty much name his own price. I'd imagine the, Waratahs, I've got to touch on them personally. I mean, look, I I will say one thing is the Jaguars, they turned it on. Everything they touched was turning to gold for for a period of that first half an hour. And they've been pretty average at times this season, losing to the force at home and losing to the Kings at home and losing to the Sunwolves, I think, at one point as well. I mean, they've been pretty abject. But they did turn it on against the Waratahs. But God almighty, some of those attitudinal errors, Matt, I mean... D- Dean Mum just just drifted off and allowed uh, Sanchez to go through uh, with a, one of the world's worst dummies from the base of the rock. and Dean Mum just ate a hook line and sinker and and, and sort of uh, ambled off in the wrong direction. They just, you know, Bernard Foley and Hooper look like the only two that are really trying, and and it's it's a real shame, and and I don't quite know what's gone so wrong this year with them. I mean, their their record is abysmal, and and so the fact that they conceded forty points, I mean, what, what? I think it's been three weeks in a row now. Nathan Gray, give yourself an uppercut, mate. Like you, you, yeah. You know, it's 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 absolutely, um, it's it's it's. I'm going to use a word that uh, that the Waratahs would probably know a little bit. About. It's it's indefensible. Um, what 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 uh, his record has become. But let's let's not dwell on that anymore because uh, we've we've talked enough about the the that game and move to question five. Finish us off. Anything to look out for in the final round of Super Rugby? Um, anything at all, Matt? What have you got?
0: Well, mate, you've said it. The force to finish the Waratahs off. And um, let's just have a look here. You know, what could that possibly do? I mean, obviously, they're not going to be able to catch up to the Brumbies, unfortunately. But that would probably keep them ahead of the Reds. So who the Reds got in the last match here, it's going to be... uh, The Reds got the Highlanders away. So that's not going to
2: happen. So a 0% chance of success there for our Queensland cousins. So good luck with that, guys.
0: So then so you've got the force hosting the Waratahs, seven forty five p m east Coast elitist time um on Saturday night, and that is going to be an absolute cracker for them because what a way to finish their season, and they will see that as winning the final if they beat them and Can you imagine the, oh, the, the you know the, the, well you know, injustifiably what the, what the, what what the supporters will be saying about who should be cut if that happens
2: yeah well. That's correct, Jamie. You've just unloaded your dishwasher by the sounds of it. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could take a break for a moment to talk through, we've got as a, giving you a bit of background. We've got the Highlanders and the Reds uh, and the Rebels and the Haggis on Friday night. Uh, the crowd for that Rebels game might even top uh, two and a half thousand, so that will be huge for them. Um, we go into a 3:15 uh, uh, p.m. the next day where the Chiefs host the Brumbies. Uh, the Hurricanes, Crusaders, which would be huge, and the Force and the Waratahs being the highlight games for um, Australian viewers. So anything you've got, any big predictions for the last round?
3: No, just no predictions. Just, (laughs) you know, it's the same as it's been for a couple of months. Like any individual player could put together a belter of a performance that would probably get them in a Wallaby squad at any time. That's how poor the quality of play has been. And we just keep waiting for guys to stand up, and it's just been its just been so few and far between, you know. Well,
2: look, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say players. I think if one of the on-ground security guards can affect a tackle on a streaker, then we might nice actually one. have some talent in defense that we could put into our wallaby back line.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the way Matt was in the corporate box last week, I mean, barely dropping an oyster and really <laughs> plowing through the champagne showed the sort of... <laughs> work rate and handling skills that probably
0: interested Gibson quite a fair bit, you know. He did actually come and have a word there after that. Um, and But just to correct you, Hugh, it wasn't Bollinger, it was Verve. Sorry, mate.
2: <laughs> well, of course. Um, uh, that's good to see that the Waratahs' budget is, is being put to good use in the corporate facilities if they can't afford coaching staff. Um, I'll say, uh, as, as my... Um, as my Oh, I think we've got uh, JB's come back for, for a
1: final chat. JB, are you, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I've actually just done? I um I came on my clients because they were knocking on my window, so um I went to see them, came back and I saw the call was still alive, so I actually thought I would dial in and listen to the end of the uh, Green and Gold Rugby show. That's it literally my intention. Well, well fantastic. <laughs> well well
2: well we well, we're good to have you as a as a uh, a silent observer of the of the of the end. We're bemoaning the fate of Australian Super Rugby teams, and I'll finish this off by saying, yeah, the the Force Waratahs Matt, is is uh, I expect. I mean, it could be the end of Daryl Gibson too if he loses this one. He's signed for next year, oh, but yeah. I mean, I I'm not one for uh, for uh, advocating coach sackings, but I mean, I'm very very close to being uh, of that belief. But uh, I think the um, the uh, New Zealand conference would be really interesting to see, and that Hurricanes Crusaders match. Um, could could be really a, a really good one to watch. So so that's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. JB, any any anything you're looking for? Any tips on Super Rugby for the rest of the year?
1: Uh, all I'll say, boys, is take a, take a straw out out, out of the Lions' book and put as much pressure on those Kiwis as you possibly can because they hate it.
0: Yeah, well, luckily we've got all the teams and the players to do that, mate. So we'll we'll just. We'll put that strategy into place.
1: And in boys, can I, can I say the worst thing about the Lions ending is I don't get to come on the Green and Gold Ruby show every week. That's the worst part. That's, that's <laughs> right. Well, Just, we'll
2: have to find an excuse to get you back soon. Probably, uh, yeah, looking, looking into uh, the... Uh what spring tour and maybe if you get a chance we'll 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 have you on to talk a bit of rugby championship if you get the chance to watch any of it so uh it's been it's been fantastic having you on mate it's been a great insight to to have and uh really really uh been great to listen to jv i promise you if england
3: yeah. start losing in november you'll be amazed how much airtime we want to give you
1: <laughs> oh man, I, I, do you know what? i'd be happy to give it
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly, as it's, a Welshman, yeah. yeah. He'd pile in with both with both feet.
1: Oh, absolutely. We're, you know, we'll we be singing, singing off the same hymn sheet. Uh, any, anyway, gents, uh, thank you very much, and uh, it's been emotional.
0: Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> Good luck on your call. <laughs>
2: We'll, well, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll I think that's a, that's a pretty good ending to, a, to the podcast, a pretty good end to, to the uh, series of, of Lions games uh, there, and uh, we've got one more round of Super Rugby. Then we're into finals. We're really uh, on the, on the uh, home stretch of, of that uh, debacle of a season, and then we can start on what promises to be a debacle of an international winter. So that's something to look oh. forward to, Wallabies fans. Um, any any, uh, any last words, Matt Matt and Jamie, any yeah. last contributions?
0: So I, I was just, I was just gonna say I was looking forward to but it didn't turn out this podcast listening to Jamie have his breakfast. Um, <laughs> like, like like I did last podcast. Even though I wasn't on when I was listening to it. Um, that little clink of the of the cereal bowl was brilliant. I was uh, just
3: making a cup of coffee, you know, it's very early here, you know, but <laughs> you know, that's what you gotta do. You gotta turn up early in the morning and uh, put in the hard yards, you know. That's
0: it's the only way it's going to work yes no, no, it, 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 it's a pleasure to have you on mate and um yeah <laughs> we've got to think about oh my god i can't even think about rugby championship how is that going to possibly work
2: um yeah well i'm not sure it is but uh uh we we look forward to uh uh bemoaning it every week as we go and uh, look on the bright side let's let's look on the bright side um it could be, it could be the year. So things could could happen. There could be a some sort of pandemic, flu outbreak across New Zealand. We might actually stand a chance. So we'll 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 see and look forward to uh, going through it with, with everyone uh, when the time comes. So uh, for me, it's uh, it's goodbye for another week, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Heels off the dock. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan, drop goal from Larkham, up it goes, could you believe it,
3: Larkham has to bear Beer.